Hey, Pastor Stephen here. Welcome to the Abundant Springs podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out online at AbundantSprings.Church. And now, on to this week's message. We couldn't see them. They couldn't see us. Tell me about your hair. I didn't know what he was doing, but then I could tell after several questions that he was drawing me. Tell me about your chin. It kind of protrudes a little bit. Hmm. Especially when I smile. Your jaw? My mom told me I had a big jaw. What would be your most prominent feature? I kind of have a fat, rounder face. The older I've gotten, the more freckles I've gotten. I would say I have a pretty big forehead. Once I get a sketch, I say thank you very much, and then they leave. I don't see them. All I had been told before the sketch was to get friendly with this other woman, Chloe. Today I'm going to ask you some questions about uh, a person you met earlier, and I'm going to ask you some general questions about their face. She was thin, so you could see her cheekbones. And her chin, it was a nice, thin chin. She had nice eyes. They lit up when she spoke. Cute nose. She had blue eyes, very nice blue eyes. So here we are. This is the sketch that you helped me create. And that's a sketch that somebody described of you. So yeah, that's... She looks closed off and fatter, sadder too. Mm -hmm. The second one looks more open, friendly, and happy. Mm -hmm. I should be more grateful of my natural beauty. Do you think you're more beautiful than you say? Yeah. Last week, uh, I wasn't here, but you still got to hear from me, and we, we started a, a two-part series called Body. And in, in last week's message, we talked about the fact that God made us in His image, that even though we have all these issues with feeling insecure about ourselves, statistically speaking, we live in a society, in a world that is consumed with feeling inadequate about how it looks in the mirror. That, that despite these things, God made us in his image and he declared us very good. He didn't say, well, I guess it'll pass. He said, it's very good. We also talked about the fact that God made us with care. He formed us with care. That you're special to God. That you are important to God. But as you may have noticed, there's, there's a problem in our world. And, and the problem is, is that this world is, is, isn't what it feels like it should be. We're told in the book of Genesis that something called sin has entered the world. That it's corrupted. That it's cursed what was made very good. And, and so we end up struggling with things. We, we have cursed in ourselves and messed up in ourselves our ability to appreciate the way that God has created us. 
And so we look at ourselves and we say, I don't like this about me. I don't like that about me. I wish this was different about me. See it all around us as well emotionally. The way that people act, the things that people do, the way that people hurt one another, disease, decay, death. We, we see all of these things. And as we saw in this video uh, just now, these women, they described themselves to the artist. And as they did that, they, they weren't flattering themselves. They focused as they described themselves on their negative characteristics. I heard one woman there, she said, I've got a, a big chin. And what was so interesting to me is, is that then somebody else who had met her just briefly before came in and said, oh, she had a nice chin. And so we see that, that these, these women, they created an unrealistic image of who they are. And you could see, as we saw those images side by side, what one person thought of someone else versus what that person thought of themselves, that they didn't even look alike. And I know that so often many of us can feel this way about ourselves. We fixate on the things that we think are wrong and we don't realize that we are made in God's image that we are made special by him. I, I wonder how much energy do we expend as individuals and as a society worrying about how we look? How, how early did you get up this morning so that you had have time to make sure that everything was in place because you're going to church today? You know, how much work did you put in? Now, don't get me wrong here either. We do need to take care of ourselves. And I think I mentioned that last week as well. Uh, you know, you, this, this message series is not me giving you permission to eat out every single day for every single meal and buy all the chips and cake and cookies that you want and just gorge yourself and never exercise. I mean, you could do that. You might be happy for a while and then you'll be very miserable and you will die an early death. So we are made to take care of ourselves. But... At the same time, we shouldn't obsess about ourselves, about how we look. How much do we put ourselves down in our minds? How much of an emotional toll does it take on us when day after day we allow ourselves, our, our feeling, our attitude to be dictated by what we see in the mirror or by what we see when we step on a scale? How much of an emotional roller coaster do we allow ourselves to go on. How many opportunities do we miss out on because we don't feel like we could be accepted the way that we are? Have you ever thought about that? I, I've heard so many excuses from people to avoid doing things over the last, well, over my lifetime. You know, I've, I've heard people, no, I can't go out to that thing or to that place or, or to take a picture with these people or I don't want to go on that video chat with someone far away that I haven't seen a long time because any number of reasons. I'm feeling puffy today. I didn't do my hair. I didn't do my makeup. You know, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit overweight. I don't have my good shirt on. I'm still in my pajamas, whatever it may be, you know, and we use these things as excuses and we worry so much that we end up losing out on the opportunities that are set before us because all we can think in our minds is, my best foot isn't forward right now. People are going to see the me that I don't want them to see. Man, I should have made that a point on the screen, shouldn't I? People are going to see the me that I don't want them to see. 
I know for myself, over the Christmas holidays, I, I definitely put on a little bit of weight. That's what happens when you have Christmas holidays, and then you also go away on vacation to your parents' place for a while. And so I know when that kind of thing happens, I definitely expend more energy in the morning looking through my wardrobe going, no, that's a skinny shirt. No, that's a skinny shirt. Oh, oh, here's a nice shirt. Okay, this one will not show off the fact that I am 15 pounds heavier than I was a month and a half ago. You know? <laughs> but surely this isn't the way that God wants us to live. Surely he doesn't want us to just obsess about these things and to worry about these things and to, to walk around going, oh man, are they going to see my, my belly fat? Are they going to look at my nose and think it's funny? Are they going to see this thing about me? And are they going to put me down in their mind or out loud? And so today, we're going to wrap up this series on our body by examining what Paul wrote about how God created us. We're going to be looking in the book of Ephesians today. If you have a Bible with you and want to turn on that, that's great. Or you can follow along on the YouVersion Bible app at ASCC.life. Tap on message notes or on the screen behind me. But first, as you're, as you're turning in your Bibles there, let, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now that you made us, that you care for us, and that there is more that you have for us than just what we nitpick on when we look in the mirror. Lord, help us not to just be another statistic that puts ourselves down. Help us also not to be puffed up with pride. But help us to just rest secure in knowing that you made us, that you love us. Take these feeble human words that I'm about to speak and make them something worthwhile through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see here in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and, and he says this, starting in verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. Can you say that with me? We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Paul here, he's, he's talking about Jesus doing what we couldn't. We've, we've already talked about the fact that the things aren't as they're supposed to be, right? And I don't know if you're like me, but, but when things aren't the way that they're supposed to be, when there's maybe a hole in, in your heart, when you feel broken inside or you look at a broken world, you start to get out there and you try anything you can to fill that gap in your life, to fill that hole, to make yourself feel better, to fix the problem. And what I found is, is that we can get temporary relief from these feelings of brokenness or emptiness, but eventually we just come back to that place. Because scripture says we actually can't earn our way out of our brokenness. We, we can't go and, and build ourselves up to the point where because of wealth or, or because of uh, women or, or men, if, if you are a woman, you know, that, that suddenly we're, we're all filled up and, and ready to, to go. We can't do it ourselves. But Jesus did what we couldn't. Through the cross, he gives us his uncorrupted identity if we'll just trust him. We saw that here. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. It's not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew. He has created us 
anew. The old is gone. It has passed away. The old self, the old flesh, it's, it's crucified with Christ, Paul says elsewhere. We're raised anew so that we can do good things, the good things that he planned for us to do long ago. That's the great news of, of the gospel. The great news about Jesus Christ is that he did what we could not do. That where we messed up, where we were empty, where our relationship with God the Father was broken, Jesus stepped in, he paid the price for us, and he said, now what I have is yours. Now what I have is yours. And he makes us new. Now, you will notice that no one on earth is perfect yet, right? Uh, if we were, then I would have a lot fewer stories to tell from the platform. Um, you would have a lot fewer issues in life, and the people around you would have a lot fewer issues in life as well. So, so obviously, there are still things happening. We are still getting better. But, but here's what I see. When, when we give our lives to Jesus, when we place our trust in him, we are forgiven, we are forgiven. But not only that, see, we often focus on, yeah, down the road in eternity, there's going to be good things that happen. Now I get to go to heaven instead of hell. Like that's the paradigm that we oftentimes play with, right? Good place, bad place. Which place do I want to go? I want to go to the good place. Any rational human being is going to choose the good place. But there's stuff for us today as well, because when we accept Jesus, he gives us his Holy Spirit to guide us, to comfort us, to help us, to give us strength as we work with him to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ, to be transformed into this masterpiece that God creates. You could put it this way, we're works in progress. We're works in progress, and, and that work isn't going to be done until we're in heaven with God. But if you look at your life two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, I would hope that today there has been progress. I know for myself and my relationship with God and who I am as a person, there has been progress. Now that progress only happens is if we actually allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. We can fight it. We can say, nope, that area is off limits. That's mine. You're not touching that one. I like that one. But if we truly open ourselves up to him making us who we were designed to be, we will become more and more like Christ. In fact, you could relate us to a statue being carved from a, a block of marble. I love this saying that, uh, that comes from Michelangelo, the famous sculptor and painter. Uh, he, talking about sculpting, he said, the sculpture is already complete within the marble block before I start my work. It's already there, and I just have to chisel away the superfluous material. In other words, the extra material, the material that, that is additional. It's already there. Who we are in Christ, when we accept him as Lord and Savior, is real. It is present within us, within us when we believe. But we are still working with God's spirit to chisel away what doesn't belong. The masterpiece is inside the block of marble. And we just have to knock away everything that doesn't belong there. We're becoming more and more who we are meant to be as we allow him to do his work and one day you will truly be who you were created to be. If you remember anything today, remember this. Through Jesus, 
we are a valuable work of art. Through Jesus, we are a valuable work of art. That's, that's what Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus when he says that we are God's masterpiece. Masterpieces don't make themselves, right? Someone else, the artist, makes the masterpiece. And to the artist, that masterpiece is valuable. And through Jesus, we are a valuable work of art. What's also interesting here, and I, I want you to notice that I didn't say I. I said we. And Paul as well, he says, for we are God's masterpiece. Now, it's interesting because oftentimes we will miss this type of thing. Because we tend to read scripture in me. I am a masterpiece. And, and, and it's true. You are a masterpiece. But Paul is not talking here about each one of us or, or each of you. He's saying we together. In other words, the worldwide church or all who follow Jesus. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. See, that's why we gather together regularly. That's why we work together for the ministry that God has given us. We're each doing our part. We each have valuable. We each have value, but together we are a masterpiece. Alone, you may not yet be perfect. There's gaps, right? I know for myself, there's gaps. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't know, I'm a bit of an introvert. Um, when we go to conferences or different gatherings, uh, my favorite place is to find a cushy couch in a corner away from all human beings. And, uh, and my wife is not an introvert. She is an extrovert, and so she grabs me and she drags me along to meet people and to, to converse with people and forces me out of my bubble. And, and maybe you've noticed that here, that my wife is a much more friendly, talkative person than I am. And, uh, and if I've offended you because I'm not a, a friendly, talkative person, well, I'm sorry, you should talk to my wife instead. She's much nicer <laughs> than I am, right? She fills in the gaps in my life. And that, that's just the way that this stuff works. Just as in a marriage, a husband and a wife should fill in the gaps in one another as a church, as the bride of Christ, as the body of Christ, we are each gifted in certain ways. We each have weaknesses in certain areas. But when we come together and we encourage one another and we push each other forward, we grow and we accomplish good things for the kingdom of God. Remember, through Jesus, our broken relationship with God is healed, and together through Jesus, we are a valuable work of art. Each one of us has a purpose, and together we have a purpose. See, I think it can be tempting when we read through Jesus, we are a valuable work of art to think, yes, I just just going to strike my pose and I'm going to stand in the living room and this is what I do now. You know, you've, you've seen that art, right? You're like, what is the point of this art? I think that every time I see modern art, I go, what is the point of this stripe that someone paid $2 million for? I don't get it. I, 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 it just doesn't make sense to me. But we're not that kind of art. We're functional art. You know, it's, I was going to make a hunting thing, but there might be people that, that don't like that. So I'm not going to make a, a hunting thing about you know, a gun can be a work of art, right? There we go. I'm, I'm just going to say, it. a gun can be a work of art. It can be a beautiful thing, right? A baseball glove can be a work of art, but it's functional. It does, it serves a purpose. 
chair can be a work of art, and some chairs are only art, and no one should sit on them, and other chairs are art because they're comfy, right? So you see, you may have flaws and, and all these different things, but God sees beyond it. He made us for a purpose. He made you with a purpose in mind, and, and he is bigger than any flaw that you may see on the surface, that you may see in the mirror, that you may see on, on the scale. He will use you, flaws and all. He will use us, flaws and all, to work out his purpose because he created us for good works so that we can do them. We get tied up in Ephesians 2 here and we, we go, see, God did everything. We're saved by grace and so there's nothing for me to do. But we leave out the last part of verse 10, which says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. What? So we can do the good things he planned for us. So we can do. We're made for a purpose. We're made to do. And so he created us for good works. And even with our mistakes, even if you don't think that you can do it because you're over or you're underweight or your nose is too big or small or you have blemishes or you're too short or too tall or you're out of proportion or you have some sort of disability or anything else that you may think stands in your way, devalues you, whatever it may be, makes life hard for you. Scripture tells us in Romans 8:28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. He's going to Take what you think is a weakness and he can turn it around for good to accomplish his purpose. You're made in God's image and he calls you very good. God made you with care. And through Jesus, we are a valuable work of art. Friends, you have value. You're called to do important things in the kingdom of God, but we need each other. And we need to keep working together to be transformed into the masterpiece that God has created us to be. And I hope that we all understand that in a world that, is statistic, that statistically is handicapped by body image, it is. We shared the statistics last week and how wrapped up in what we look like our society is. We need to get out there. We need to offer the hope of Jesus to our community, the love and acceptance of Jesus to our community, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to friends and family, the people that we serve on committees around our community with, and whomever else we meet, we need to let them know, not, hey, do you know Jesus? Because if you don't, watch out. But we need to say, hey, let me tell you what Jesus is doing in my life. Let me tell you how he's impacted me. You're going through that situation. Man, I went through something similar and let me tell it. Can, can I share how I got through it? Can I share how I had the strength to do it? Or, oh yeah, yeah, I have changed quite a bit. Let me tell you why. So the next time that you may be sitting in front of the mirror, sitting on the scale, or you go to see your lovable old grandma who likes to tell you everything wrong about yourself or whatever it may be, Actually, she's good. She said that I'm too skinny and I need to gain weight. <laughs> yeah. Next time you're in front of those things, you're feeling a lack of worth about yourself, I want you to remind yourself through Jesus, I am a valuable work of art. Through Jesus, I am a valuable work of art, alone and together.
And now go and live out your role as a part of God's masterpiece. Because you have value. You have value. Heavenly Father, I just thank you today that, that you are so much bigger than the things that we perceive as flaws. And that in fact, you love us. And you take pride in us as your creation. Lord God, today will you help us to appreciate the things that you have put in our hearts, to appreciate the way that you look at us, to appreciate the way that you have made us as we look forward into who it is that you've made us to be and what, what it is that you want us to do. We just give you thanks today. Thank you, Lord. Work in our hearts. Work in our lives affirm to us that we are a work of art, precious in your sight through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Give us a passion to know you more, to be changed and renewed by you and to share the hope of Christ with Pincher Creek. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're listening and you've been seeking Jesus for a while, trying to make sense of who he is and what he's all about. I want you to know that God in his infinite love has been pursuing you. God wants to have a life-giving relationship with you. But the fact is that every person is born with a rebellious heart and is separated from the life that only comes through a true relationship with their creator. So God did something magnificent. He knew that we could not repair the broken relationship ourselves, so he came to us. And we're told that while we were still sinners in active rebellion against God, Jesus Christ died for us. In John 3.16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So, if you're ready to have that newfound life through a relationship with Jesus, I'd like to invite you to pray a prayer with me, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is master and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. As you dedicate your life to following Christ Jesus, you will receive forgiveness for your sins and you will be adopted into the family of God. Let's pray. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I deserve the consequences of my sin. However, I'm trusting in your Son, Jesus Christ, as my Savior. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I trust in Jesus and Jesus alone as my Master and my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and forgiving me. Help me to leave my old ways behind and to live as you would have me live from this time forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer from your heart, I want to welcome you into the family of God. Your next step is to connect with a local church so that you can be shown how to grow in this new relationship with Jesus. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week for more Bible-based encouragement.